Reader's Entertainment Radio presents Book Lights with your host, author Lisa Kessler. Book Lights, where we're shining a light on good books. Why, hello everyone. It's Monday again. And this time I'm back in the host spot. Last week was so fun because uh, I had a book out, and so Sheila English took over being the host, and I was the guest. So anyway, that was super fun. But I'm back in my host chair this week, and I'm super excited because we have author Cynthia Diamond on. And if you've never met her, you're in for a treat. And I also (laughs) know her because we're both San Diego writers, so it's always fun for me when I can have a, a friend on the show because I know they have great stories to tell you. So if you haven't read Cindy yet or Cynthia, um, I will read her bio for you so you can get to know her. Cynthia is an award-winning paranormal romance author that writes for sassy nerds with a sharp sense of humor. Starting her adult life in theater, she earned a Master's of Fine Arts in Costume Design, but her first love was telling stories. After some encouragement, she dove down the writing hole, creating magical worlds, snarky heroines, and sexy heroes with a dash of cinnamon roll. (laughs) When not telling tales, Cynthia is a geek, a costumer, an amateur artist, She resides in sunny San Diego with her husband, Max, two cats of varying intelligence, and a ton of goldfish. I did put a link to her website right there on the Blog Talk site, so you can click that anytime and check out her books and see what else is up. She also has some audiobooks out. And so without any further delay, Cindy, you there? I am. Hi. (laughs) Hi. I'm so glad you could come on. I'm so excited. So you have a new book out, right? You have a new book out, Trickster Business, right? You want to tell everybody why they should get it this week? (laughs) Yes, I actually just came out last month. Um, It is the sixth book in my series called Weird Love, but you don't have to read any of the books before it. I try to do everything very standalone. So I will say you get a little more out of it if you start at the beginning, but you don't have to. And uh, this one I'm really particularly proud of. It kind of turned into paranormal romance comedy with a dash of Game of Thrones. Uh, and <laughs> it uh, involves uh, mages and the Fae and a lot of deal makings, uh, a lot of steamy times. Uh, I, it was really fun to write. Uh, and I, have a, I spent a long time working on it. So there was a, there, there was a lot of work that went into it. <laughs> And these books have um, really quirky, amazing characters. I know all of our little writing group talks about a couple of them. Can you just give people like a little taste of who some of these people are that they'll meet in these books? Oh, yes. Um, I run the gamut with uh, my paranormal romance. I don't write about one species. So um, it's not like, hey, she writes werewolf books or she writes vampire books. I kind of like cherry pick throughout the fantasy world. Uh, this book in particular, we have a uh, trickster fay. He's the king of the tricksters named Galen the Gregarious, and he lives up to that name. Uh, he's a <laughs> lot more arrogant than any other hero I've ever written, and he's very, he's very <laughs> sure of himself. He thinks he's hilarious. Uh, he really is not <laughs> that hilarious. And, uh, and he's extremely charming, and uh, he goes toe-to-toe with a minor character who in my first book started out as an antagonist, and uh, this is kind of her redemption arc. And her name is Wendy, uh, and she is a mage. Uh, she also thinks she's the smartest person in the room. And uh, she is a mind mage, so is she, she really? is very manipulative. <laughs> actually, most of the time she is. <laughs> so oh, okay. <laughs> she actually does live up to her, um, 
to her arrogance. So uh, she's pretty damn smart. And uh, she, um, she started out as an antagonist, just a very minor character. I had absolutely no intentions to um, make her a main character until, um, like, halfway through my series when my mother, of all people, was who reads my books. And that's a little weird because, you know, when your mom reads your sex scenes, it's a little strange. But <laughs> it's, uh, she likes them, but uh, she um, – asked me, so when's that character Wendy going to have a book? And I was like, what are you talking about? She was just kind of this throwaway character. And my mom's like, no, I want to know more about her. And then the plot bunnies were set loose in my mind. And that's how Trickster Business came about. So it's a, definitely a redemption arc where she kind of starts out as this kind of unredeemable, arrogant, uh, just kind of mean-spirited person. And she just kind of turns it around. But she, I really do my best to try to keep her as, still arrogant, despite the fact that she learns a couple lessons. She, you know, she's always going to be Wendy no matter what. Uh, she's definitely right. one of my most in-depth uh, heroines I've ever written, and she was a blast because it was really fun. I mean, it's fun to write heroes that are arrogant or flawed or anything, but when you get to write a heroine who gets to have that same arc, it's really fun and in some ways difficult because some people can be a little more unforgiving when you try to do that with a female character. Uh, so this That's was true. really fun to kind of turn it on the head and, and say, well, she's horribly arrogant and horribly smart, but, you know, she still has a heart, too. Right. And was your mom happy with the end result? Oh, yeah. <laughs> she was all like, thank you. <laughs> and the funny part about the whole thing was my mom totally forgot she even asked me that. So then she asked, like, it was hilarious because I wrote the book. Uh, she's in the dedications. Uh, she read the book. She went, thank you. What made you write that? And I'm like, Mom. <laughs> we had this Come on, Mom. Like, yeah. He's like, well, that was years ago. How am I supposed to remember that? It was like, <laughs> like read the, read the, just, uh, the dedication. So, yeah. But she, she liked it. She did. She was very pleased with it. So. Oh, good. Well, I'm glad since you wrote it for her, I'm glad she enjoyed it. <laughs> yes. That would have been a bummer if she was like, well, it was all right, I guess. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so what is the Weird Love series? It, does the world, is, does it happen in our world today or is it in a fantasy land? How, how does it all unpack? Yes, it, it's actually set in a modern day. It's mostly set in the U.S. Uh, a lot of books are set in San Diego. Uh, though this new one, Trickster Business, is actually set up in a fictional town I wrote named Whitmore up in Washington, uh, which I just was, I, I don't know, I'll be honest, I don't know a ton about Washington. I have a friend of mine who lives up in that kind of area near the Cascades who was like, you know what, I can help you kind of make up a town. And she helped me make up Whitmore. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> thank God for her. Uh, but um but it's uh, set in today's world, today's time, and it's all about the weird is actually the magical force that where all the myths comes from. So dragons oh, okay. and fairies and everything, it's this magical force that all, regular humans cannot see. So they're living more or less in secret. Like they don't want the humans to know, but they also interact very regularly with the humans. So like there'll be a wizard who works in a coffee shop or something like that. And, but they're secretly a wizard, but nobody really knows that they're a wizard and except for, you know, other wizards. Uh, so uh, that's really what that's about. There's, a, there's usually overarching storylines, nothing really severe. The first four, four books, which is um, centers on the Constance family, uh, the first three sisters in the first um, three books, 
they um, are half-bloods, which means they are part human and part whatever species they are. And they were adopted by a woman named Sybil Constance, who started out as a nun, found out that about the weird, realized that there are some pretty dangerous elements, decided to leave the veil and uh, fight the evil, pretty much, and trained their <laughs> adopted daughters to do this. She uh, adopted these half-bloods and kind of trained them to become like the weird police, essentially. Uh, and um, they, those first four, three stories follow the girls. The fourth book is about their estranged uh, brother, who is a full-blooded mage, who kind of Sybil adopted unintentionally, and his redemption arc, because he starts out as a bad guy. And then the fifth <laughs> story, actually, yeah, it starts a new story arc, but you get to know more about the full-blooded weird. So... That one, is a, that one kind of starts a completely different story arc, and then I kind of bounce back over back to the Constance sister storyline because Wendy is actually the cousin to the uh, Constance girl. So I kind of bounce back and write her story, and now I'm bouncing back to the other storyline. But it is urban fantasy, so it is – I love writing worlds that take place uh, in our time, in our area – in our world, and it's about the magic you don't see. And I just love writing about that and how, like, it's fun to walk down the street and see something strange and go, like, well, how can I explain that? And then, you know, that, then another story idea popped in my head. So did you ever, I have to ask because I love Grimm, but did you ever watch the show Grimm where only if you were uh, uh, related to the Grimm fairy tales you could see who people really were? Actually, I have not watched that show yet, and you're like the seventh person to recommend it to me, and I feel bad because I haven't watched it yet. I really do. Well, I have nothing I, against it. I think it's on, yeah, I think it's on Amazon Prime, so you got to watch it because, yeah, it's that same kind of thing where they live among us, but only certain people can see, you know, their real face. So, anyway, it's pretty, pretty wild. <laughs> right, That's very cool. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Now that you're yeah, locked definitely. inside, you gotta binge. <laughs> I know. I'm running out of series to binge, so I'm always open to recommends. <laughs> okay. Well, you let me know when you're ready to discuss because I love that show. Oh God, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I always ask when people come on, can you tell our listeners about your writing journey? What made you? I mean, did you always want to be a writer, or did you? wake up in college and go, hey, I have this story idea. How did that all happen for you? Uh, in the most roundabout way possible. Um, I was a theater ma uh, major. I was a theater kid in high school and in elementary school. Um, I studied musical theater for a very long time um, and ended up switching over to costume design. But in between, I'm also a huge nerd. Um, I did a lot of uh, tabletop role-playing games throughout my adult life. And um, a lot of online role-playing games. And that's where I used to come up with, like, characters and story ideas and story arcs. And it was really fulfilling for me. And I didn't really think much about, oh, I'm going to do this as a career. Well, I finished school. I went to work in the real world. And my online um, RPGing and a lot of my tabletop RPGing kind of dried up just because, you know, you get busy. Um, not, you know, not so much anymore. I tabletop a lot more now because we're all locked up. <laughs> right. Because we're all locked up. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And, but, um, but I, it, I just kind of like lost that. And it was, it was a little weird because I was so used to just creating these characters out of thin air for the longest time and having an outlet. 
Well, I, um, so I, I, I was a little like, well, that kind of sucks, but you know, I got to work. <laughs> and so I right. worked as a designer and I worked, you know, my nine to five job at the same time. And, um, I started writing like a long time ago during way back in the day of the days of live journal online. Uh, I used to write little, little like funny short stories about my life. Like just, this is how I met my husband. This was this weird wedding I went to. This is what, you know, and it, people found it very entertaining because they were just like, you're, you're funny. You, you write really well. well. And I was like, cool. yeah, I was going to say. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and, and it was fun, but I never really thought like, oh, yeah, I could do this. I just was like, well, this is just something fun for me to do. Um, well, a romance writer who I loved um, and my mother loved, uh, I um, started following her online. This was like way before Facebook became really super duper into it. And she had a forum on her website. And I would just kind of like chat every once in a while on there. Well, she ran this contest and it was about like, hey, write a short story for my newsletter about how you met your significant other. And if I, you know, if, and the one that I like the best gets, you know, you get a prize, like here's a signed book type of thing. I was all like, cool. But then I realized that, oh, my gosh, the deadline was today when that post. And I'm like, oh, well, that sucks. But you know what? I'm going to write it anyway. So I, I wrote this uh, quickie short story about how I met my husband, which is within itself its own, like, romance novel comedy <laughs> on its own. And I sent it in and with an email that just said, oh, hey, so I know I missed the deadline, but I wanted to send this in anyway. And, you know, because I think it's kind of cute. You might enjoy it, whatever. Bye. Sent it in, did not expect to hear anything. Uh, the very next day, she sent an email back saying, are you a writer? And I was like, no, I'm not, actually. I, I work, <laughs> I'm a receptionist right now is what I am. I, at that time, I stopped designing. I got very burned out. And um, I was kind of looking for something because I felt like this was my calling. I'm going to be a designer. I'm going to work on Broadway. And it, that's just never how it turned out. Uh, so I was a little mm-hmm. empty, and I was looking for some fulfillment. So when I got that email, and I, she was like, do you write? Are you a professional writer? And I'm like, no. And then she said, well, and she sent me back an email that was just, well, maybe you should consider it. This was really well written. And I was like, um, okay. <laughs> so she, um, and, I, and I thanked her profusely. I said, I never thought about it. She's all like, you know, you're really funny. You've got a good sense, you know, of writing. And then I said, okay, well, how do I do that? I've never even considered doing that. And she was very kind and sent me literally the, like a two-page email about, okay, this is how, what you do. And so she taught me, like, it, it was a crash course in writing a synopsis, writing this. She was the one who actually gave me the information about RWA and, like, all this stuff. Like, it was a two-page, like, condensed version of, hey, this is how you become a writer. Uh, and oh, that's so cool. Yeah, it was so kind of her to do that. I ended up going yeah, indie publishing just because uh, at the time, long story why I made that choice, which will probably take another half hour to, like, talk about. But um, <laughs> I, went, I went indie, but she gave me all this information. This is how you write a query. This is how you write a synopsis. This is my process. You don't have to necessarily do it this way. This is, here's a guild you should join. Here's some magazines you should subscribe to. And I was, like, overwhelmed because I was like, oh, my God, she's serious about this. She really thinks I'm pretty good at this. And I'm like, what? And so I gave it a whirl, and I went to an RWA chapter meeting in San Diego and met these amazing people. You were one of them and and got to, you know, uh, and learned things from these wonderful writers who were so open with their experiences. And and it just – 
kind of went from there. And I'm always learning. I, I still, to this day, I've got like some massive imposter syndrome. So I'm still to this, this day going, <laughs> well, I'm kind of a writer, I guess. I just, I write books, I guess. And it's like, you've got six out, girl, you're fine. <laughs> yes, uh, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I can't get over that hump. But it was really, and that's kind of how it started. And then I wrote my first book. And people really liked it. So they were like, Could you, are you going to write a second one? I want to learn more about these characters. And so I wrote a second one. And then people started getting more into them. And then right around the, four, the third book, where it, the third book actually finaled in the PRISM Awards, which was um, a, you know, a paranormal romance award uh, that I consider extremely prestigious. And finaling with my tiny little book about a werewolf next door and a neurotic dryad, I was like... <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, are you kidding? And I and I'm still stunned to this day that that book went as far as it did. Um, I ended up uh, placing second in the light paranormal uh, category, which blew my mind. And I that was the first time ever I was like, Oh my God, I might be able to do this. And so and then right? I might be a channel. writer. <laughs> I might actually write. Who knew? I mean, it was like one of those. This was something I just did for fun, and then all of a sudden I got. And then this, my fourth book came out. Uh, and it placed again in the Prism Awards, and then it won the San Diego Book Awards for Best Romance, which blew my mind, mind you. And I, that was right about then. I was like, I actually think I'm a writer. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> right? And it was, you know, and so that was really exciting. And now I'm on my sixth book, and it's the first time I actually really consider, like, use the title author in front of my name, like for the first time ever, I actually go like, yes, I'm an author. Instead of going, yeah, I, I, I'm, I do that writing thing, which is what I've been calling it <laughs> since 2015. Uh, and so, yeah, so I mean, to this day, that's kind of how I, I like weirdly fell into writing. It, it was this weird gradual thing that just kind of happened out of like, I need something to fill my life. And now, um, now that I'm, you know, currently without a day job at this time I'm like well this is what I'm gonna have to do and this is what I'm gonna do and so and it's it's been an adventure and I, I definitely don't regret any minute of it it's it's been probably one of the most fulfilling things I've ever done oh that's so cool and people who don't know you um you have so many you're you're so creative so beyond the writing <laughs> and the costuming and the cosplaying that you do you also draw and yes. do you draw the characters first, or do you draw them after you write the book? Um, it depends, actually. Uh, I have a really strong illustration. That's what I studied mostly in costume design with costume illustration. So um, I, I have a really strong attraction to drawing my characters. Uh, sometimes I have to write them a little bit first uh, to kind of get a handle on them and go, okay, now I can see them in my head, so now I'm going to sketch them out. I usually start sketching them out maybe halfway through my first draft, uh, and it's usually you know, just on a whim where I'm like, I need to see this person in my head, and I, and I draw it out. Uh, other times I have such a clear picture of who they are. Like, for example, um, the hero in my fourth book, Alchemy's Hunger, Tony, uh, actually was created in book one, so I had a really good handle on who he was, so when I, start, when I would sit down and, like, do some sketches just to kind of, like, free up my brain, I could, like, slam him out in two seconds and go, that's him, that's what he looks like. Um, but, for example, Galen, who is my hero in Trickster Business, I was building him from the ground up in that book. So it took me a couple tries. Like, I started the book, and then I'd sketch him out, and then I'd go, no, that's not right, and I would put that away, and then I'd write some more, and I'd go back and I'd sketch him out again and go, like, that's a little closer, 
And now that the book is actually out, I finally feel like, oh, yeah, I got them right now. And I actually can sketch them out without even, like, blinking. So, but it took a while. That's so, that's so cool. And on your, if people go to your website, do you have um, drawings of what they all look like on there? Not yet. Um, that's the one page I have not had a chance to put up yet. Uh, but I am going to be putting up a fan art page pretty soon just because uh, my sketches have accumulated so much. Um, for a long time, I was keeping them pretty quiet and pretty private. Uh, but now that I'm actually starting to kind of Sorry, show I've more, outed you. people like them. <laughs> yeah, no, it's okay. I'm totally fine with it. Oh, I've already made this decision before the interview. Uh, oh, good. So okay. Like, I share my artwork actually mostly on my readers, my readers group, my weirdlings page. And um, people really like it. And, uh, and it's weird because for the longest time I was always, uh, I got to keep my art life and my writer life separate. And I don't know why I had that in my head, but I was just kind of like, I, I don't know why to this day, why I always thought that like art over here, writing over here, I can't have them cross. And just within the last couple of years, I'm like, well, that's really stupid. I really should like meld them together because the sketching part is a huge part of my writing process. And so I'm right. going to be tossing up a page pretty soon of all my sketches that I do of my characters just, uh, just because uh, yeah, they, they turned out pretty good. I'm pretty happy with them. So. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I don't, I don't know if you've thought about it, but um, I make Pinterest boards for all of my books. So I'll have, you know, scenes from Pirate's Persuasion up there. And, and so readers, after they read the book, can go check it out and see, you know, what the different places. I try to put pictures of the settings in there and pictures of what I envision the characters looking like. And it's so funny to get notes from readers that are like, oh, my God, that's exactly how I pictured Drake, you know, and all that or whatever. <laughs> and you could do that, like, with your own drawings and, you know, have them, have them up there. I don't know. It's a very cool idea. Yeah, I, I do a lot of celebrity casting. Like, I just kind of, like, I, I watch movies, and I'll see someone, and I'll go, like, that's the guy I want to play so-and-so, and that's the woman I would love to play so-and-so. Uh, but honestly, sketching is always the best way. Once I see, like, an inspiration of that person could play that, but I'm like, but not quite, and I want to draw them out of how, I look, how they look. And um, it's right. really a good exercise on developing the character because once I kind of see them in my head, I know what their personality is. I know what their history is. It, it it just works really well. That's so cool. I love that. <laughs> so I I teased everybody at the beginning that you have some audio books out, but do you, I, I was with you when you were going through that process, and I have just started putting <laughs> out my own audio book. So tell everybody what that was like. Oh, it was it was actually really cool. I I can't even say. Oh, it was a mess. It never was a mess. It was actually. Uh, putting an audiobook out was easier to me than than writing the darn book. But um, I I do have I have three out. The fourth, um, my first three books, Siren Song, Valkyrie Spear, and Dryad Divine, are all on audio. And uh, the fourth book, Alchemy's Hunger, will be starting in production this fall. Uh, they are expensive to produce, unfortunately, so I can't do more than one a year. Uh, but they're so fulfilling. I ended up um, going through a distributor. And I got to audition narrators, and I found this one gentleman who I will say is uh, like a cross between an angel and a fae, because <laughs> his voice is amazing. We call me and I made friends with other writers who work with him, and we all call him the Siren because uh, his voice is wonderful, and he's also extremely kind and extremely talented. And uh, he, uh, his name is Michael Fieriolo, and he is my narrator. 
he can do any accent you can throw at him. And I just found him on a fluke. And he, I, the reason I lucked out so much with him was because he also does all his own sound mixing. So he actually does all the mixing, all the editing. He, like, makes sure everything is completely clean and then gives me the finished chapter. And if there's any notes, I just give them to him, like, oh, this is mispronounced wrong or this is weird. And he'll go, oh, okay, and he'll go back and fix it within an instant. Uh, he also composes the themes for all my books. So he's also a music composer. And uh, so now my oh books my have uh, music themes. Uh, the first one does it. The second, the, the other two do. And I was like, what? Like, it's like mind-blowing. And uh, That's so cool. And I really, yeah, it was amazing. Like, I never, I always thought, well, you know, music's for the people who are published through publishers who have money to do this. And he's like, no, I can write the theme. And I'm like, what? So, and he's also extremely And it's kind. just at the beginning of the, at the beginning of the book? It's at the beginning and the end of the book. He plays the themes. Oh, so and, cool. Um, and they're beautiful, too. He just, he composed them. He mixes them. They sound like, like full orchestrations. I don't know how he does it. He's a musician first, narrator second. But you would never guess that because, boy, does he act the heck out of those books. Um, and it's fun because he, I worked with him. I gave him the manuscript. I give him, like, really quick character notes, like, this is this character, he's like this, this is her, she's like this. Uh, I give him any notes of, this person should have a Russian accent, or this person is from the South, or something like that. And I give him that information, and then he just runs with it and um, would send me his chapters in Dropbox, and I review them. And then at the end, um, I just upload it all up and wait for it to show up on Audible. And uh, it's very simple. He makes it very simple, which I really appreciate. And he's, his performances are so spot on and so wonderful. Uh, I look forward to doing audiobooks every year with him because, one, he's so much fun to work with. And, two, there's something really exciting about hearing your own story. I listen to my own stories. I know a lot of people are like, I can't do it. Maybe I'm a big egotist or something, but I love listening to my audiobooks, maybe because I really love I Michael's do too. voice. <laughs> so, I do too. And I, you know, as a writer, as a writer, we we live in our little cave and we put things down and we hear things in our head, but when I hear the narrator do it, I'm like, "Oh my gosh, it like brings a whole different dimension to the story." I think I I think I I don't get weird about hearing my own books cuz I'm like, "Oh my I gosh, look what they did with it." I know it's incredible, and it's funny because there's a couple scenes um, uh, in my first book, Siren Song, that are very, very emotional, and he acts it out. He doesn't just read the words. He actually acts them, so it's like listening to a radio drama when he narrates, and he wrote this one scene. He read through one of the big emotional scenes, and I'm sitting there going, did I write that? I wrote that? Right. beautifully and I was like I'm getting choked up and I wrote the damn book what the heck you know right and it was right and so it's, it's exciting when I get to hear them and and he's such a great actor that it's just it, it's it's really fulfilling uh I and and I actually love making audiobooks I know some people are like oh audiobooks but oh god I love it I love the process I love working with Michael I love listening to them when, um, as they're coming out. It's, re it's like you're kind of like reliving writing the best. It's like the best parts of writing a book uh, being relived right. while you're making an audio book. I guess is my best way to explain how that feels. I agree. I, that's a great way to describe it. And, and it, 
having them bring it to life and then you can make tiny little tweaks and give them some feedback that should be more sarcastic or whatever. And then when they send it back, mm-hmm. you're like, Oh my gosh, it's perfect. Um, you know, it's just, I know <laughs> I, I admire those narrators. It's something else. Yeah, I know they, they blow, uh, they blow my mind. And he actually has a fan page on Facebook called the Fieri junkies. Um, in August, he's going to do, I believe he's going to do, I don't know what date yet, a live read of different authors he's working with. And uh, Alchemy's Hunger is going to be one of the books he's going to do a live read from. So he's going to do a short excerpt from it if you want to get a sample of what he's like. Uh, and um, I'm really excited that he's going to do that. He reached out and was like, do you mind if I do this? And I'm like, oh, my God, I'll give you everything I've ever written if, you want, if you're going to read it. I have no problem with this. You can read my email I just sent you. I don't care. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, read the phone book. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So um, we're already running out of time, which just blows my mind. How did a half an hour go by? But <laughs> I know. Um, before, before we go, I would like to hear from you um, how you like to connect with readers. I know that nowadays, because there's social media, it's so fun that we can all contact our favorite you know, writers. But I, you have a reader group, don't you, where they can be in touch with you on Facebook? Yes, and I actually um, communicate a lot on there. It's a lot of fun, um, and it's called Cynthia's Weirdlings. Uh, you can find it on my Facebook author page, which is Cynthia Diamond Author. I have it linked up there, uh, and you can join. There, it's, it, it's a small group, but they're all very fun, and they're all very sweet and welcoming. Um, I will be honest, I do most of the posting on there because everyone's a little shy, <laughs> but uh, I do like little well, randomly post. I like to post memes. I like to post artwork. I like to have book discussions. It's, it's really fun. That's really probably the best way to get a hold of me. But I also have an email, uh, CynthiaDiamondAuthor at gmail.com. Uh, you can always email me too if you're a little too shy to join the group. But the group is fine. And like I said, no pressure. You don't have to like post something every day. There's really no requirements to join the group other than just don't be a spam bot. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And I did put a link to um, Cindy's website, and you can also join her newsletter there. So thanks so much for being on today. Thank you for having me. It was really fun. Yeah. See you later. Have a good one. Thanks for joining us on Book Lights. Be sure to connect with us at www.readersentertainment.com for articles, blogs, videos, and podcasts that matter to readers.